DJ and PK brought to you in part by Bullfrog Spas. Bullfrog Spas has unheard of Black Friday pricing. Custom order the Bullfrog Spa of your dreams and save up to $6,000 off of MSRP on the popular A-Series models. If you want a hot tub sooner, there's a limited number of inventory spas available. Today only, Friday, November 27th. Sure to go fast. Visit the Bullfrog Factory stores in Salt Lake, Orm, Harriman, North Ogden, Layton, Springville, Logan, and Bluffdale. All right, Donovan Mitchell's media availability is beginning right now, his first availability since he signed a new contract extension. Of course, we're getting close to the start of training camp. Here's Donovan on a Zoom call. Hey, Don, good to see you. hope you're doing well. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, I was just wondering if you could just uh, tell us how important it was for you to get the extension taken care of uh, right off the bat. And also uh, why it was that um, I know I know some fans are curious to know why it was that you were pushing so much for that uh, player option on the fifth year. Yeah. Um, first off, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and, and honored to, to be in a position to have this extension um, for, for me. You know, I'm really looking forward to getting with these guys, you know, getting JC in favor, big pieces um, we're ready to get going. You know, we felt like we had a great, great bubble. I mean, solid bubble, you know, things we did really well as a group. And, you know, that was without Boyan. Now we add Boyan to the piece. We bring Fave back. JC's coming back. I think we have, you know, good pieces to, to make a real push for this thing. And, you know, it's funny. As far as the the uh, extension talk and, and all that, uh, the player option stuff, for me, biggest thing, man, is just being in a position to take care of my family. Um, at the end of the day, that's, you know, I love this game, but I want to make sure my family uh, is, is set first. And um, that's really it for me. I'm um, just making sure my family's set because I'm trying to win, trying to win championships. But at the end of the day, you know, I go back home to my mom, my sister, my, my dad, my family, and make sure everybody's good. Thank you. Next up, we'll go uh, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Don, um, this might be a little bit of a weird question, but it's, you're going to be getting significantly more money than you were on your last deal. And I'm wondering if you have any plans, like, is there something that you're planning on purchasing or something that you had in mind? Um, there, there are a few things in mind. I won't go in depth of what they are. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing I wanted to do, you know, now that I've done so many different things, you know, off the floor, as far as giving back, you know, I'm in a position now where I can, you know, do things on a higher level um, as far as, you know, giving to kids, maybe going to, to, to colleges, you know, who can't afford it. Uh, giving back to schools, giving back to kids who can't even afford, you know, groceries or, or different things. So I think that's really where my focus is at. Like I said, take care of my family to start, but also take care of others. You know, like I said, it's it's just it's a lot, you know, and I'm blessed to be in this position. But, you know, um, I do know that I'm not going to just change up who I am. I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. And as far as giving back and, you know, whether it's to my, my sister or to someone in need, I'm just going to continue to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I can't really tell you what you know, the, the big purchase is going to be yet. I have some ideas, but we'll see. Uh, Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Don. I'm just curious, considering where you were drafted, where you were kind of projected to be in this league, what, what does it mean to you to be considered a max player in the NBA? Um, it's, it's an honor, you know, but it doesn't stop there uh, for me. You know, I think, like I said, this is a blessing. You know, this is life-changing for myself and my family. But for me, you know, I look at it as, you know, we lost in the last, we, lost, we blew a 3-1 lead this year. 
you know, I look at it for myself as we need to find a way to get over that hump in the first round, find a way to push and get to a championship. Um, that's really on the forefront of my brain. You know, I, I think, you know, now everybody, you know, everybody's kind of coming at me with, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel? Um, at the end of the day, you know, we lost. And that's really where my head is at. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm not, um, you know, extremely humbled and blessed to have this opportunity. But now that, you know, my family, like I said, my family's taken care of, you know, now I'm really at a point where it's like we, we need to win uh, and find ways to, to do that. You know, like I said, we brought two great, we brought JC back, brought Fave back, got some great rookies in the draft. Um, so for us, it's like, how do we win and how do we push, uh, push forward? And um, that's really where I'm at mentally. How about Tony Jones, the athletic? Hey, Don, um, when you look at this year, um, one of the questions that, that I think about is, is, is how's the turnaround for you guys? You guys last played in September and you guys are starting up in Zoom. I mean, starting up in December. And, you know, as you head into training camp, what are, you, what are the questions that linger for you guys as you guys head into camp? Uh, on uh, I think, you know, for us, I think the, the biggest thing is making sure everybody's healthy. Um, and when I say that, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's either injuries, it's it's possibly COVID, making sure we're good. You know, I think the biggest thing when guys we were training uh, was not over training. You know, we just, like you said, we stopped playing September 1st and we're now at, you know, about to be December 1st. Uh, coming up soon, you know, so that's not, it's a quick turnaround, but you, as, as hard as you work, you have to make sure we had to make sure as all of us were taking care of our bodies, making sure we're staying safe, making sure we're doing things that don't deter us from our ultimate goal. Um, so that's really much, pretty much been the message. And um, the team has been great. Guys have been great. Oh, sorry. Can you guys, um, can you guys see me? Sorry. I'm going to turn my phone on. Do not. Do not disturb. Okay, there we go. Um, but no, so I think you know the biggest thing is you know not deterring from that from that ultimate goal, which is to get a championship. And I said I think a lot of I think our, our mindset's in the right place as a team. You know we have a lot of things we can definitely improve on. We we have a lot of things we did well and guys stepped up big time. And it's all about development, but also taking care of ourselves, making sure we're in, uh, our bodies are right because, like you said, it is a quick turnaround. It's going to be a lot. It's obviously a shortened season, but, you know, there's more back-to-backs. There's so many different things that play into it. We just got to make sure we're ready to go. Uh, we'll go with Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Donovan, so often uh, NBA players talk about trying to get to that second contract, you know, out of their rookie deal and the pressure they feel just to get there. What was that like for you hanging over your head? And now that it is done, how do you see yourself changing or feeling differently? Um Quite frankly, uh, Ben, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say it was necessarily hanging over my head because at the end of the day, you know, I'm in a position where, I, as y'all know, I've said this to y'all before, like when I got drafted and to do what I did my rookie year, I was, you know, in shock, uh, to be honest with you. A lot of guys say they, this is what they, I dreamt of it, but I didn't expect it all to happen so fast. For me, it was like, I'm just going to continue to do what got me here. You know, I'm going to continue to be the same person, same player, same work ethic, and everything else will kind of just fall into place. And if it doesn't, that's how it's meant to be. If it does, then, you know, that's, all, that's God's decision. You know, God has a plan and I'm, I'm just following it and continuing to do things that, you know, have allowed me to get to this point. Um, I will say it's, 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 uh, it's a stress relief, I'll tell you that. You know, it's something that you definitely can sit back and, you know, breathe. You know, it's definitely one of those moments. But, you know, as long as, you know, myself and my teammates and my coaches, we're all putting the work in, we're all going to reap the benefits from what the work we put in. Um, and that's, that's 
been my mindset as a rookie. You know, it's obviously been talks about it since my rookie year, since my second year, and even last year. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you put the work in, you'll, you'll reap the benefits from it. And um, this is just another example of that. Great. We'll go uh, with Eric Woodyard, ESPN. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Two-part question for you, man. Um, obviously, I look at your draft class and you look at, you know, it's been a couple other Max guys. You know, what do you think about your draft class? Do you guys have an opportunity to go down as one of the NBA's best? And the second part, you've been one of the guys in the league that have been so interactive with fans, you know, giving out shoes and, and things of that nature. Will, you know, what's your thoughts on returning with fans? You guys are one of the team. And, like, will, will that change your interaction with fans at all? Because you have uh, had coaches. So I answer the first question uh, first. I think you know I, I've talked to I talked to all myself. Uh, I talked to Bam Fox, uh, JT, um, and you know they're kind of in the same place I'm. It's like we're blessed, but we're ready to go. You know, and I think that just is a testament to not just us four, but the guys in our draft class. Man, we're never like not satisfied. You know, I think we, like I said, if we continue to put the work in, who knows? You know what may come from it. You know, as long as we continue to do what we're doing, myself. Uh, first time also this year, Bam, JT, Fox is, you know, doing his thing. Um, Bam's made the finals. JT's made the conference finals. I've been in the playoffs each year. So just trying to find ways, you know, to, to better ourselves. I think we do have an opportunity to be, to be really talented as a, as a draft class. And it's a deep draft class, you know, uh, from top to bottom. You know, you look at, you know, Josh Hart, who went late in the, in the, in the first round. You got Kuz down there, too. Um, so there's so many guys, you know, in our draft class that's, that's doing a, a pretty – pretty good thing so at the, at the end of the day I think we have just a, a group of guys in that class who's just ready to, to continue working and you know possibly the best players that they can um, and that's that's been my I've played with these guys in high school and so I've known them for pretty much my my whole life basically and now we're in a position where we're making money playing for our families playing for our fans and possibly trying to win a championship so we could possibly do big things and as far as your second question um can you, was it, what was it again? Oh, I was just saying, you know, you guys are going to be one of the teams that, that that's going to have fans, you know, around and with you being so interactive, what is your thoughts on fans returning and like, will it change your interaction at all? Um, I think a little bit, you know, not in a negative way, just a matter of staying safe. You know, um, I think, you know, I think, like I said, the NBA wouldn't have put this plan together and, and we wouldn't have agreed to it if it wasn't, you know, safe. You know, we, we did a great job with the bubble and I think this will be something that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we feel is safe. And that's just the PA and the NBA. Um, but I think it will change a little bit, obviously, with, you know, I, obviously I, I love giving back in as much as I do. But at the end of the day, if I if I happen to, to get it or be around it, we're, we're shut down for a week. You know, that's a week out of the season. And this isn't football where you can, you know, we play once a week. We're playing twice, three, maybe four times a week. And those are four games that at the end of the day, come playoff time, you know, you miss those four games. You never know what may happen, uh, in this, especially in this loaded conference in the West. So you got to be careful, got to be cautious. Um, but at the end of the day, if it's safe, you know, I'm, I'm glad we have, I'm glad we're one of the teams to have fans and, you know, it'd be great to play in front of the home crowd. Good luck this year, man. Congrats again. Too. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. <clears throat> Next up, we'll have a uh, David Locke, Jazz Radio. Donovan, uh, congratulations. Uh, I got a uh, on court, off court for you. So on court, you obviously exploded offensively in the bubble. How has that kind of altered the way you've pr- trained between now and then and how you feel about your game and what you're capable of. And then off court, it seems, you know, you and Jalen and maybe CJ uh, have taken kind of the young guys role on social issues, moving forward and social injustice. Do you see that, you know, as a major part of the legacy of your career as you, as you move forward here? 
Yeah. Um, so your first part was about offensively training in the summer. Is that what you said? Or fall? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's weird to say. <laughs> um, but um, as far as, you know, the biggest thing I noticed, you know, I was able to, to, to just play with more pace. Uh, play When I say with pace, you know, everybody thinks, you know, I'm explosive, I'm quick. Being able to slow myself down, slow the game down, that happens in a variety of ways. You know, being on the ball a little bit more, you know, knocking down the, the, the three ball really helped it expand my game. It allowed me to get to the paint, make the right reads, and not just, you know, scoring. Everybody saw, you know, the 50-point the games or whatever, but what I saw was I was making plays that it's not even just scoring, but finding guys, putting guys in position to score, doing the same thing for others that I hadn't done in my first three years um, or two and a half, whatever you want to call it. Um, so for me, that was really the jump that I saw and I could continue to make, you know, the decision-making, getting into the paint, finding guys, being able to run the floor so Mike has a lane to get open, being able to pick it up on the defensive end, you know, um, guarding Jamal uh, in, in game seven. That's a challenge that I'm, you know, starting to get back to and willing to take because that's where – attended that's why I got drafted um but that's 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 where I think you know those strides for myself will continue and I'll continue to push myself to be there um but you know offensively I think the biggest thing was being able to knock down the three ball off the dribble um I think I don't know what my per- percentages are but I think that's what really helped me and allowed me to get into the paint and, and make plays for others and then as far as off the court I think for me you know that's the moment in history where we had in the bubble was one of the biggest, if what will go down as one of the biggest moments in, in history of this country and in the world. And, you know, for me, you know, starting off the year with having, having COVID to coming down and, and, and doing what I've been doing is just something for me, like that's the legacy I want to leave. You know, championships are, are great. Games are great. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a black man first. And I, that's the legacy I want to be able to tell my kids, look, your dad was a part of this. Your dad was a part of that. Being able to show them that there's, this game is great. This game has allowed my family to live the way we live. But at the end of the day, it doesn't hide you from being black. It doesn't hide you from this injustice of the world. And so for myself, I know Jalen and CJ, the two guys you mentioned, are, are big on this as well. At the end of the day, that's what it's really about. You know, at the end of the day, basketball goes away in about 10, 15 years if you have a, if I have a long career. But at the end of the day, I'm still a black man. There's certain things that there's just injustice in this world that I won't, that, that, people on this call that you like you lock that you don't go through and I don't mean to call single you out but like there's just certain things that people you know don't understand and I'm trying to be the catalyst and one of the be the, the people who start things and just kind of show people and educate people on the injustice so we can improve as a country and if I can go down and tell my kids that that's what I did in this world I would I would be very happy thanks Don appreciate it next we'll go to Andy Larson Salt Lake Tribune Hey, Donovan, you uh, wanted to ask, you know, how does do you anticipate your kind of your role changing next year? You know, you, you mentioned kind of be, maybe being more ball in hand. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that and, and how you kind of expect to change, uh, you know, that part of your game and can continue to evolve? Oh, I don't think it'll change that much. I think, yeah. you know, the, the biggest thing, you, you, there are times, you know, where you look, we're, we're, we're looking for Boyan. I think that'll be a big piece, a big addition, a big relief on the offensive end. Um, for sure. Um, I think Mike, Mike and Mike and Joe can say the same thing and JC and Rudy. I think we all can say the same thing, but for me, I think, you know, being able to just push the ball in transition, getting on the boards where we just, we're just pushing, I'm pushing myself as opposed to, um, just being the dominant the ball handler. Cause we have four or five, six ball handlers, guys who can bring the ball to four and initiate the offense. So for myself, just being able to be more active, you know, on the defensive end, allow me to push on the break, you know, being able to, 
to start a play and get Mike a shot, be able to get Joe a shot, Boyer on a shot. Um, I think that's where I elevated my game in the bubble, and I look to continue to do that uh, this year. And it's going to take some figuring out because when you add Boyan back, it's a different, you know, it's a, it's a different element, not in a bad way, but there's going to be some things we need to just figure out. And I think they, I think we'll take that much more of a leap when we do. Real quick, you you know you, you get that bump if you get to All NBA. Do you think you can get to All NBA? Honestly, at the end of the day, if we win a championship, that doesn't even matter to me. You know, at the end of the day, I tell people all the time. You work hard and you reap the benefits from it. We win, we win, you know, and that's really not on my on my brain. You know, it's a goal that I've set for myself, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, when you're winning, everything else falls into place and we have to win. That's what we have to do. And it's not just a regular season, we have to win. We need to win in the playoffs. We need to do things to put ourselves right there for the championship. And that's the ultimate goal. Thanks, man. Congrats. Thank you. Next, uh, Tim McMahon, ESPN. Hey, Donovan. Uh, I know Johnny Bryan obviously had a, a, a big role in your development in your day-to-day preparation. Uh, what are the kind of lasting things that uh, he left with you? And how do you guys, you and the Jazz, fill that void? Who will you be working with on a, on a daily basis now? Um, sorry, repeat the first part of your question. Sorry. I said Johnny Bryant obviously had a, a big role in your development, uh, your day-to-day prep. What are the kind of the lasting impressions that he left with you? You know, what, what are the kind of the biggest things that, uh, that, that you took from your time with him? And then, you know, moving forward, how do you guys uh, fill the void? Uh, you know, who will you be working with on a daily basis? Um, I think, you know, with, with Johnny, man, and I'm happy for him. He got, he got, a, he got a new job. And, you know, I, I think for me the biggest thing is I got from him was the, 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 the film work, the maturity from year one to year three in the film room, being able to translate that into the court, being able to trust, you know, there, as you know, to me, you've covered me since I got here, like the, to the progression of being able to trust teammates with shots, you know, because there are times where, you know, I take bad shots, being able to hear his honesty uh, and let me know that it's a bad shot, you know, more than my teammates would. And I think that's where our relationship really had accelerated because he was hard on me. You know, so for me, being able to understand, you know, and change my view of the game and how I look at the game, being able to slow the game down, take that, take that leap. You know, I, I gave him a, a gave him and Coach Quinn, you know, a, a ton of credit, you know, for, for allowing me, one, to have the opportunity to have the ball in my hands at an at a early stage of my career, but also helping me develop to get to where I am. Um, as far as, you know, him leaving, I'll probably pretty primarily be working with uh, Coach Keon Dooling. You know, I've known Keon since my rookie year. He's, he's great. He's, he's, I've worked with him already. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just continue what we've been doing, you know, and then also adding things as far as, you know, the mental component of the game. So many different things all, as far as the X's and O's. Like I said, we continue to film work, um, but it's not so much of a let's just change and go left. It's just, all right, you've been doing this, but now we're going to add another layer to it to to help you go take an even even uh, even higher step and even more of a step. And I think that's more of a leap, I should say. And that's that's the ultimate goal. All right, I think we have time for one more question from Tony Jones. Donovan, when you uh, look at this year, what are some of the things that you guys have to do differently than you guys have done in the past uh, in order to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 uh, to advance farther than, than the first round, which is where you guys have kind of run into a roadblock in the last two years? Um, we have to defend at a high level uh, on all fronts. We can't just rely excuse me, on our two best defender, or three best friends, excuse me, Rudy, Royce, and Joe, 
you know, we have to find ways to all of us, one through five, be better on the defensive end, you know, being able to guard. Um, and then on top of that, just continue to take our game. Like if we played the way we played in the bubble, you know, as a team, as a unit, especially on the offensive end, and we incorporate that, and then you add Boyan back, I think we'll be in, in good shape. But at the end of the day, we have to hone in on all the details. And the one outstanding thing we've had is we, you know, we kind of tend to way to fluctuate. So for us, it's like, all right, you know, you know, you look at it. I look at the three-one lead as a, as an example. Like, you know, we got up, you know, and, and things changed. We stopped. All of us, you know, we stopped doing little things that got us to that point. So now we have to continue to be perfect. We have to continue to be as perfect as we can be for all 72 games, the first round, second round, conference finals, championship. We have to be perfect in every way possible because I think that's what's really going to separate us from being that team that's made it to the first round to get to the semis and get to the conference, conference finals and the finals. Um, so if we can do that and then as well as defend at a higher level and not just rely on Rudy and Faye back there to help us out, I think we'll be in good shape. Donovan, thanks so much for your time. Always. All right, there is Donovan Mitchell's first media availability since the big contract. PK, we got the next segment to hit on multiple things he talked about there. But when he talks about winning more and not just in the regular season and the playoffs, you can just feel all the Jazz fans nodding. Like, yes, that is what we want the most. Well, at the end of the day, I'm tired and I go to bed. But also, at the end of your NBA career, it's going to be defined by winning. You can score points, you can have stats, you can do this and that, but if you really want to be recognized at the level that he wants to be recognized, and I think that all players would love to be recognized at, it's about winning. So I love his emphasis on winning. All right, more from Donovan Mitchell, what he just had to say. The uh, the whole notion that the offseason was the break before the bubble, boy, he really underlined that right there. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Derek Favors with us. Derek, I'm sure you noticed jazz fans are pretty excited about having you back with the team. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel great, honestly. I think the Jazz or Utah in general has one of the most loyal, diehard fan bases in basketball and sports or whatever. When I was with the Pelicans after I left, man, they just kept sending me messages and just telling me how much they appreciated me and how much they loved me and how much they wished me the best and they was watching all the games that I was playing in and they couldn't wait for me to come back and play in Utah and they showed a lot of love and that meant a lot to me when I was making my decisions. I'm very appreciative and very blessed to be able to play in front of them again. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, we just heard from Donovan Mitchell. Your reaction hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. He touched on a lot of different things there, about a 20, maybe 25-minute media session. Uh, one of the things that jumped out was talking about winning more, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. As you said before we went to break, that's the legacy right there. Nobody talks about how many 60-win seasons uh, Jordan and Bird and Magic and LeBron and uh, any other star you want to put in there. Steph Curry, how many 60-win seasons they had. It's about how many championships do they have. That is uh, ultimately what people remember. Uh Interesting as he talked along the way about uh, being more of a uh, playmaker, and obviously his scoring went up 36 points a game, but being more of a playmaker for his teammates is going to help that going forward. 
and what do you mean by being playmaker? You're talking about setting them up, getting more assists. What specifically does that mean? Yeah, I think that the more you score, the more you're going to draw attention from all the defenders. And whoever it is that's rotating to help you, whether it's to double-team you, uh, coming off a pick-and-roll, or whether it's collapsing on you as you get to the rim, your teammates are going to be open. And whenever a teammate comes open, and the way guys rotate, I believe most NBA players, well, if you're really bad at shooting, you can stay open for a long time. But if you're actually a quality shooter, you're usually not open by much and not open for long. And so to be a good fa- passer, to find them in rhythm at any point off the dribble, uh, takes a lot of guys. Some guys can come in and do it right away, but not very many. It takes people a while to do that in the NFL, and Donovan's at the point where he knows he has to be a lead at that if he's going to maximize his impact on his teammates. Yeah, I think he already is elite at that, but I get your point. I think that we've seen an evolution of a Hall of Fame player, more of the natural evolution. Not not necessarily natural, let me rephrase that. More of the common evolution. And what I mean by that, you know, you got your LeBrons and Magics and Birds, and those guys were superstars right from the start, okay? And good for them, but they're the elite of the elite. Now, you could be elite and not be the elite of the elite and still be, well, elite, too overuse one word (laughs) and i think that what we've seen out of donovan is more traditional of the hall of famer it takes you you get you have an immediate impact but you get better you get better you get better you get the point and we've seen that and for for mitchell what i'm looking for him to do this season is to make the right play now the right play that takes on just all A to Z, basically. And the right play could be to pass it. It could be to shoot the three, mid-range, take it to the basket, what, draw, draw and kick. What, whatever the right play is, that's what the true superstar does. You look at the great, great players, you know, accepting the big men because they have to have the ball given to them, right? But the one who has the ball in his hand, and that could be a big man too, some of them were, but he makes the right play at the right time. And whatever that right play is remains to be seen. You know, Jordan passing to Kerr, the right play. We know LeBron, for a superstar of the ultimate level, he's also unselfish. And he'll make the right play. Uh, what's his face? Irving, when they won that one title, uh, he was making some big shots, right? And so that's the right play. Whatever, whatever the right play is, that's what to do. And I think that's where Donovan Mitchell is at, at the level of his game right now. I can't tell you what that right play is going to be until it becomes available at that time. But just make it. And that's where I think his game is. Ryan is tweeting at us uh, reaction to Donovan Mitchell the media availability just had Donovan sounds ready to go people also always take contract decisions as some sort of comment on the team or community in the end he's just doing what's best for his family current and future like he said we obsess too much over the details let's just enjoy it you know I, I get why people take it as a comment or on the team or the community when players make these uh, contract deals, you know, back in the day it was six and seven years. Now it's more uh, three to five year commitment. But it's still, when you look at the average NBA career, uh, it's probably about a quarter of their career. The prime where you're likely to win at a high rate, it, it might be half of that or 
all of it. It might be the last con. It's not for Donovan, but for some guys, it's the last contract of their prime. Maybe the deal Rudy Gobert is, if it's not the last contract of his prime, it's most of his prime at this point. So I think it, it to a degree, is a, a, a comment on the community or the team. You know, where do you want to be and why do you want to be there? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to look at the moves LeBron has made just to take the guy who's dominated the last decade and say that first move was a comment on Cleveland. He didn't think they were good enough. And so he went to Miami because he didn't think he could win a title in, in, in Cleveland. He went back to Cleveland. It was a comment on the community. It was home. And he wanted to go back while he was still in his prime and try to win one for his hometown. And then it was a comment on L.A. to launch the next phase of his career to go there. So I get why that irritates some people, but I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I think, I think people are commenting on you know, their ownership, their coach, their teammates, their chance to win. It, you know, it's, it's a pretty big commitment when you have a you know a four or five year commitment and you're playing 10 to 15 years uh, yeah why is this an issue i don't i don't understand uh it bugs him that uh, people get too hung what? up in the details we obsess too much who? over it we should just be enjoying sports who who it bugs who ryan ryan stevens just tweeted that at us after listening to that last segment and what what's he bugged about i, I don't understand I'm trying to figure it out myself. People always take contract decisions as some sort of comment on the team or the community. In the end, he's doing best what's best for himself. We obsess too much over the details. Let's just enjoy it. Oh, so it's a comment that Salt Lake City... Well, in this case, I would assume. I assume he's local. I mean, Because he's taking an option year on yeah. that final year. Okay. But this in this situation, as a coming off the rookie deal, if you want this big money... This is where it's going to be. And that's why most guys coming off the rookie deal stay put. Most yeah, of the yeah, moves. Yeah. So most of the moves I don't understand would happen. Why it's a social commentary. Most of the moves would happen in the third. Yeah, third exactly. Contract. Right. I mean that's that's basically the way the system is set up is that you're most likely going to keep your rookie star for eight years or so. You know, same thing with Hayward, right? And then at that point, that puts them when they usually come into the league now, twenty, twenty one, twenty two tops. Usually, you know, it puts them 28, 29, somewhere in that range. And then they assess, and then they're basically free to go, so to speak, at that point. But for here, the way the system is set up, of course he's going to take that money. I mean, he's made, you know, great money to play in the league anyway, obviously. But then you really take it up another level. I mean, another 20 levels, I guess. I don't know. It's mind-boggling. I have no <laughs> idea what it's like to sign a $165 million contract. I mean, that's just beyond comprehension. You will never, um, ever use the phrase, you'll no. never use the phrase, I was only getting paid $5 million last year, now I've hit the big money. You, you will never say that in your life about yourself. No. <laughs> Seriously. No. But for right, an, a guy in an NBA rookie contract like him or any other guys in this class, uh, you know, Tatum went earlier, so he's probably making a little more, and Bam Adebayo went the next pick, so he's probably making about the same. <laughs> That's yeah, a crazy good, thing to say. And great for them, and you know, he's, you know, his he mislisted his two parents and his sister, and and he I don't know that he has any children yet. I'm not sure. I don't really pay attention to their lives unless they go ahead and put it out there like Joe Ingles. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know what his personal life is, nor do I care. Uh, I don't know if he has any kids, but he talked about his future children. And they're, I mean, they're never going to have a financial worry in their lives. Uh, at the end of the day, Donovan Mitchell's not going to know 
what it's like to raise kids who don't have a financial worry. I mean, we can play that game all we want. At the end of the day, his kids are never going to have any idea what it's like to worry about money. And good for them. Great. Couldn't be happier. Uh, So at that level, it's just an enormous amount of money. But I like that. Somebody asked him, I think Sarah from the D News, about you know what you want to spend. The the great thing about Donovan is he understands, I think, as much as possible about what it means to be an NBA star and how you're judged on NBA stardom. Because it was clear, if there was ever a doubt, Orlando removed it that he was going to receive just an enormous amount of money on this next contract because Mitchell was sensational. I don't know that we'll ever see him better because if we do, wow, that is so (laughs) exciting to think about. He was just incredible. So the money was going to be there. But listening to this 20 minutes of him on the telephone, their Zoom call, as they say, it was about winning. The emphasis on winning, the emphasis on what they need to do to get to the second round. And then he didn't, he didn't stop. He went to the conference final. He went to the NBA final. In his own voice, he was saying those very words. It's not about just getting to the second round because they haven't gotten to that point in a, in a while. And so, you know, if you take the progression step, that that could be uh, considered the second round next year in 2021 when we get to that sp- in the spring of 2021. You know, you could say, oh, wow, they, they, they made an advancement of what they've done the last few years. But no, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about getting to the NBA Finals. And I absolutely love his emphasis on winning because he understands that legacy and level of stardom and all that stuff is brought upon by, by winning. winning yeah he touched yeah. on that he touched on that with a question about uh you know it's an enormous contract uh but if he makes all nba first second or third team then that makes him eligible for the supermax so the contract's got an i don't know how they phrase it an escalator in it basically it's not a bonus because yeah. it would yeah. be in every year um but it 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 raises the ceiling of what he can make and so he can go from 163 million to 195 million and so he was asked is, you know, is that a priority for you and do you think you can do it? And he said, if you win, everything, yeah. paraphrasing, everything flows from that. If you win, the contract is better. If you win, the way the fans treat you when you come on the floor at the start of a game is better. <laughs> if you win, everything gets better, which is true, 100%. Right. Right, it is, and I love his emphasis on winning, and I have to believe, I don't know how that kicks in and all winning all that stuff and all that contracts for contract people, but I have to believe, based on what I saw in Orlando, he's certainly all NBA caliber, and he'll achieve that. I would be surprised if he didn't, because I cannot say enough about his performances in Orlando were just, absolutely magnificent (laughs) it's it's you could argue that stretch now was a short stretch very short span of time but there was nobody in jazz history who played better in that short stretch obviously the statues for two decades were sensational and mitchell because he's only 24 years old he hasn't gotten anywhere near that because he just doesn't have the time and the history, it will come over time. But in that stretch in Orlando was just absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was eye-popping to the highest degree. And that gives me a level of excitement going into this season 
because his emphasis isn't scoring 50 points a game. It's on winning. And didn't he look like in Orlando? Didn't he look like the ultimate BA? <laughs> he did. And he did. I just, it's, it goes back to what we were talking about in the seven o'clock hour about this year's different. How much different do you take? And it's just personal. You just do what you do. How much different do you take and still consider it real? I think the NBA had the benefit of being one of the first sports back, maybe the first sport back, but certainly one of the first sports back. And golf. we were so, yeah, golf was back. You're right. Uh, so it wasn't the first back, but it was back pretty quickly. And we were so hungry for sports after four, four months of not having it uh, that yes. there weren't a lot of complaints about it. So it wasn't a bubble. There weren't fans and there wasn't travel. And it's pretty clear from what Dennis Lindsay said, if you read between the lines, when we see the schedule come out, they're going to handle travel differently. They're going to try, they can't eliminate it, but they're going to try to minimize it. Group games, so when you're on the road, maybe uh, you play multiple games in Southern California when you're there or New York. And if you go to Texas, you play in all three cities right in a row and hit New Orleans at the same time. So you're not zigzagging on two-hour flights you know, every other day. Locks come on and, and told us that, you know, for all the early mornings and the late nights, he knows when he sees a bunch of flights cluster together, that's the most tired he's going to be. Um, but the point of all this with Donovan is he was awesome in the bubble. And when you're put your point about the highest level, uh, Jeff Hornacek was an excellent shooter. We, anybody was here and watched Jeff shoot. He was an excellent shooter, but Donovan shot 53 percent from the floor in the playoffs in the bubble he shot 51.6 percent from three Jeff never did that Kyle Korver excellent shooter but those numbers would make him drool so is Donovan really going to sustain that was that two hot weeks was it influenced by the bubble the no fans the shooting background if so to what degree because you're, if he continues that PK and 36 points a game 36 points a game you're Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, Curry. I mean, there's nobody else. 36 points a game, it's off the charts. Yeah, I think he had to do that without Bogdanovich. Right. So yeah. the, he lost uh, 18 to 20 points a game there, and that's a huge chunk to just take out of your offense. So I think that was inflated. But it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the raw stats. The look in the man's eye. Well, that's the only and reason he shot at that level. But you're right. The body language backed up the numbers. The look in the yeah, eye, the, the way he took a shot and turned and ran down court, he knew he was shooting 53%. He knew these hard shots were going in. Denver knew what was coming, right. and they couldn't stop it. And he knew it, and they knew it. So it wasn't just he's hot and he's hitting shots. That's the kind of thing we reserve for pick a jazz player. Scott Padgett, right? Scott Pageant was a good shooter, and he could get hot. Scott Pageant. Yeah, just a random guy. Random three-point shooter. Deshaun Stevenson. No, Scott Pageant was a better shooter than Deshaun Stevenson. Is achieved yeah, thank you. Totally reference. random, right? But Scott Pageant was a good shooter, and if he had five shots in a row, okay, well, he's a good shooter, and he's hot. I'd probably go Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. Okay, another guy who could hit five shots in a row and be hot. But Rodney Hood never turned and ran down court like that. And neither did Scott Pageant. Neither did whoever else you want to come up with. Did Here's one for you. D. Will was an all-star. Did Darren Williams ever run down court with that body language? And that's a guy who had big games in the playoffs. He had 30-point games in playoff wins on the road. 
But did he ever run back down court with that body language? No, not that. If you put it, if that's your standard, then no. <laughs> well, after after Rodney Hood and Scott Padgett, you know, let's let's crank it up a couple notches and let's oh, get did. to an all star, yeah, an all star who won playoff series okay. and had big yeah, games, yeah. and yet he didn't run down court like that. I mean, it, Jeff would be the closest to anyone I think who ever did because he he didn't do it that way, but he did it in his own. Ah, oh, shucks, that was nothing. You were double teamed off balance from thirty, and you ran down court before the ball hit the net because you knew it was going in. But even he didn't walk that way, you know, because that that really does say, "I'm doing it at the highest level now." You know it, and you know I can do it the next trip down the court and the next trip after that. And until you get to that level, there's a limit to how deep you can go in the playoffs. Everybody goes deep in the playoffs, and the guys who eventually run the cha- win the championship, they all know that. They know that what they just did is going to be repeated on the next possession, and it's going to be repeated the possession after that. And I don't know if you're going to drop the big or if you're going to blitz the, the pick and roll or whatever else, but it doesn't matter because I've seen it all. It's like Lincoln Kennedy talking about NFL quarterbacks. They've seen it all, and they can do it all at the highest level. They, it doesn't matter what's coming. They know they can handle it. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break here. Uh, more coming up, and we got David Locke scheduled to join us in about 20 minutes to talk about all of this. DJ and PK brought you in part by Bullfrog Spas. Bullfrog Spas has unheard of Black Friday pricing. Custom order the Bullfrog Spa of your dreams and save up to $6,000 off of MSRP on a popular A-Series model. If you want a hot tub sooner, well, a limited number of inventory spas are available today only, Friday, November 27th. They are sure to go fast. Visit the Bullfrog Factory. Factory stores in Salt Lake, Orem, Harriman, North Ogden, Layton, Springville, Logan, and Bluffdale. DJ and PK, David Locke, coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought you in part by Bullfrog Spas. Unheard of Black Friday pricing. Custom order the Bullfrog Spa of your dreams. Save up to $6,000 off of MSRP on the popular A-Series models. If you want a hot tub sooner, there's a limited number of inventory spas available today only. It's Friday, November 27th, and they're sure to go fast. Visit the Bullfrog Factory Stores in Salt Lake, Orem, Harriman, North Ogden, Layton, Springville, Logan, and Bluffdale. All right, PK, more takeaways from uh, Donovan Mitchell coming up with uh, David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz. But it is a football Friday, and we are in the middle of the biggest football weekend of the year. Four days of action, game after game after game after game. Give people one thing to watch for that will make this weekend of football more enjoyable. One thing you're intrigued by, one thing you are interested in. One thing you would like to see. Well, uh, I wanted to make this statement earlier, but uh, we didn't have the time. So now is the appropriate time. I am so jacked to say after 10 years in the Pac-12 that the Utes have only beaten the Sun Devils three times. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> That's what you had to come up with. <laughs> Never, ever complain when someone labels you a potster. <laughs> you, you had a million ways to go. You weren't even limited to college football. You had all of the pros as a potential target there. <laughs> Okay, but stop me when I am inaccurate or infactual. <laughs> well, I think the thing you still most enjoyed about the Utah-Arizona State rivalry was the first game when you moved to Utah and the season opened and the Utes took the kickoff and downed it at the one-yard line and didn't know where they are in the field. From there, it was going to be all downhill from there. That was probably the thing you enjoyed the most. See, Massive oh, error yeah, right out of the gate. I, at that point, I wasn't friends with uh, their coach, so I wanted him to lose badly. Things have changed since then, obviously, uh, 27 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just glad that the Utes can get out on the field. I, I think it's important to get out there and play. I mean, the Sun Devils obviously haven't been able to play for three weeks. I mean, that sucks on any level. And there's no conference race. It's it's one of my more brilliant takes. I called it before it even started that this won't it won't be anything close to what we can view as legitimate. SC in Colorado, big game. Nope, not even happening. <laughs> nope, Colorado. If you missed it, Colorado's playing San Diego State. USC can't go, and so Colorado's over. And I'm glad for Colorado and San Diego State to be able to get out on the field. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for those kids that can play football. I don't really even care what the result is. And I don't really care what the result is for the Utes. Although, I mean, I, I, I can't say that completely. Good, because, because I was about to want, jump your case on that. Yak is waving mean, at me. Don't let him get away with that. <laughs> I can't say as it relates to the conference race. I don't think there's any legitimacy in the conference race. But you want to see some improvement because they did play last week. And uh, they did practice this week and all that stuff. And so I do want to see some improvement. But I'm not going to go crazy if they go, oh, my gosh, this program has lost it. If they should lose 27 to 10, just a random score I pick off the top of my head. Uh, because everything is so crazy. And Washington, Jimmy Lake said, oh, they didn't even uh, worry about uh, uh, anything else that they might do. They immediately started preparing for Utah. Uh, after their game last week against Arizona, because they, they knew, knew too full well they that, knew. that was what was going to happen. Yep. They knew they knew about. I, I think they knew to the to the degree of eighty eighty five percent. If we that. play this week, it's most likely going to be uh, against the Utes. So uh, I'm going to watch the game, and I'm going to be excited that they're playing. I mean, I have to watch the game; it's work, and I'm just not going to just draw conclusions that would say next year well what about last year no in a sense with the Utes reloading this is the perfect there's time never a perfect time to but have it is this type of year but it's a nice situation for them because i don't i'm not going to hold them accountable when record wise next year hopefully we're back to 12 games and everything's normal and all that stuff but i think they can benefit from this it, you know what's unfortunate is that cam rising is out because yep. I did a podcast earlier in the week. The guys always call me every year that the Utes play the Sun Devils. And I told them on, we did it on uh, Monday night. And I said, you know, we're, we're not going to have a game. But if you still want to do it, I'll do it. And so we talked for about a half hour. And one of the things that I said was from the Ute perspective, I don't know what Jake Bentley is going to want to do next season. Uh, does he want to stay in Utah? 
but I do know with Cam Rising not being play, not being able to play, that's a that's a major lost opportunity uh, for him to to get more experience, to get any level of experience, because he's only had like 14 snaps. But I think it's what he had before he went down with the shoulder situation, and then that's really unfortunate. But you know those DBs and uh, those running backs and all that stuff where they need some experience and freshman offensive linemen, it's good to get out there. It's just good to get out there just on its own merit. And I think it's good to get out there for the Utes and where they are in their program, given the fact that they lost so many dudes to the NFL. This was going to be a reload season anyway, and I think they'll come back stronger for it next year when we view legitimacy. And then that's what's going to see. We'll have to see across the – let's just stick with the South since that's where the Utes are at. We'll have to see these guys who have the opportunity to leave. Do they leave you know, will they take? Because there's, I know for the Sun Devils' perspective, they got about three or four guys on defense who are juniors this year, and now will be eligible to go into the NFL draft. And they just say, "Screw it, this was a waste of time this year. There's really no point in coming back if I'm going to be able to draw a paycheck in the NFL." Yes, and that'll be unfortunate for them that they never had that opportunity as a team to cash into what they were looking forward to be a decent season this year. I think that's where the youths are catching a break. If this had happened a year ago, that's where it was supposed to be a big year. They just had a bunch of guys opt back in. They had juniors who they knew were going and that combination. So 2019 was supposed to be their big year. Now they got to play the games and they got to go out and win 11 of them. And it's disappointing they lost the conference title game and all that stuff. But they were picked third this year and they were supposed to be a decent team that would beat the bad teams, probably lose the good teams because they didn't have the experience and the talent to beat the biggest teams on the biggest stages, but it should have prepped them for next year. Now the question is, A, are they going to get enough games to prep these guys for next year? And in the case of the quarterback, where the position is so important, the answer is no. The quarterback is going to play. Cam Rising is going to play one quarter. And is Bentley going to be back next year? I don't know. If he is back, is he going to be the starter? I would assume probably not. Now, if he raises the level of his game this year, he could be. But if he raises the level of game this year, he's old enough. He could be going to the draft, too, if he's going to end up playing really well. I don't know that he's going to play that well. I wouldn't think so. Um, those are a bunch of question marks. But they've still got to identify... Who's good? Who's improving? Where do they need to bring in guys? If a transfer comes available, is it is there somebody in the portal at the right position where they need help? Uh, and they got to know all that, and they got to get out on the field and play to do that. And they need to win games, and they need to play better. Winning games is what attracts recruits, and recruits, to some degree, are still going to be judging you on that. Um, maybe if you play few enough games, you'll kind of get a pass on that. You know, if you end up, if this ends up being a three or four game season. I guess this will this will be two. They'll have two to go, and then they could get one on the nineteenth. That would be a fifth game. Um, you know, if you're zero five, then they'll, recruits probably judge on that. You know, if you're if you're three and two, probably not. Then the last couple of years will be a bigger deal than whatever happened in the four or five games you played this year. All right, David Locke is coming up next. Uh, if you missed it, Donovan Mitchell just speaking in the media at eight o'clock. We carried it live here. It's up at twelve eight of the zone Isn't it, Yock? It's already up. You can listen to it there. David Locke next to talk all about that. Stay with us.